Sometimes it seems like every kind of story on the screen has been told. And there's no new way to innovate in the medium of feature film. And then you realize that the world is constantly changing and that if you tell stories in a way that reflects our endlessly shifting landscape, then maybe you can find ways to innovate. My guest today, Timur Bekmambatov, is a filmmaker who's been at it for a long time, started off in Russia. His story is amazing. It includes Roger Corman. It includes some of the biggest action features of the last couple decades. And it also includes a twist where he found himself searching for a new way to tell stories. And he happened upon one in a moment of discovery. And now he is deep into a new kind of feature filmmaking that I think is extremely unique and interesting and definitely an opportunity for people to innovate and connect with younger audiences as our culture continues to shift in exactly this way, more and more all the time. So I'll leave the rest to Timur and our discussion. So exciting to have you here. I really want to talk about the new film, but to get started, you have had an amazing career. There's like too much to talk about in the time we have, but I do, I am just to get our audience familiar with where you started, done so much. What was sort of the first step for you into a career in producing, writing, directing films in in Russia originally? Oh, uh, first was uh, I was a I was a production designer. I studied as a production designer many years ago, and uh, then I I had a problem to find the director to work with, and I decided to direct myself. Then I couldn't find the writer to write story for for me as a director <laughs> writing and then i couldn't find the producer who will, who will believe trust uh, trust me and i start i start producing myself the only missing part is acting and I, I never did it uh, there's still time there's still time <laughs> um so, well, I'm curious though, like, so, cause you started in, in Russia, in Russian film, you kind of changed a little bit of what was coming out around the time, you know, your kinds of movies, the stories you chose to tell. Did you know you wanted to be in feature filmmaking? Did you think maybe you wanted to be in documentary or TV at first? Like what was, no, what was no, the motivation? I, I, no, I made a first movie 1993. I think we, and it was war movie about Afghanistan, very edgy art house movie where everyone dead. And and it was almost black and white, scary and, uh, and angry. It's like a platoon on steroids. And uh, I really like platoon, by the way. Then there is a, in Russia, there is, there was a moment when the all the cinemas were closed for like almost like ten years because really? of the because of perestroika and uh, and uh, the crisis and there were there were f- furniture stores in this in the cinemas like uh, 
and uh, it, it it was for a long time, for like almost like eight nine years. And I spent these eight years to produce to make direct a lot of commercials, because it was the only form of cinema of of, of movie making was available at that time. And hmm. uh, and I learned a lot, and I uh, was uh, got addiction to make something for for a wide audience, you know, because commercials it's, mm. it's for it's not it's not for smart and art people, but it's, sure. it's and and it it gets it it gives you kind of addiction, you know, you know you're you're waiting, you want people to talk about on the street to talk about your stories and then uh suddenly nine two thousand whatever i had a ch- I, I was by accident i met roger corman yes and it was a turning point because i got a script from him tell me about how it was by accident roger corman's the beginning of so many great careers yours included uh, it, so it, tell it, me about tell me about the accident he's constantly looking looking for for filmmaker who can make movie for a few hundred thousand bucks. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. and I was that one. And friend of mine, he gave him the tape with my commercials and he's, he suddenly proposed me the script to direct in Russia about women gladiators in ancient Rome. Nice. This was arena, the arena. Yes. <laughs> and and yeah. with a, with the only like a, few hundred thousand dollars and he sent me to Leeds for for months i was trying to get their their tapes and he said no 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 it's great they're training and then finally he sent me the package and it was a two playboy there was a playboy magazine in it with a, with a <laughs> yellow with a yellow sticker on top page number 12 and page number 18 and uh, <laughs> And, uh, and it was two girls. They they appeared a few weeks later in St. Petersburg, where we shot the movie. <laughs> very scared, very unprotected. Oh and uh, was it hard to direct them as a young director? Well, not. I mean, you, you know, like early in your feet, you, you directed the feature earlier. You've done yes, a ton of yes. commercials, but you know, it was like they they were obviously not. This was not their first type of yes. gig. You know. It, I think it. I think the question should be different. It was difficult for them to be in the movie in the middle of forest woods in Russia in, yeah, the, in, the, right. in the fall, almost na- naked with the with the swor- swords fighting. Yeah, fighting. for a hundred thousand dollars, or <laughs> <laughs> and 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 they were very very nice and really scared and and <laughs> absolutely not trained. To do to do the action uh, scenes, and I on that kind of them, budget, did you have anybody who could do the fight choreo help with that sort yes, of thing? Yes, there was yeah. a two there was a few Russian stand coordinators, and they gave them the swords, and the girl starts crying, and I said, <laughs> "What's happened?" They gave us re- real swords. I said, "And?" And they said, "No, we we use plastic ones." <laughs> and I asked stand guys. Do you have plastic ones? They said, no, we don't. We have only real ones. And they gave them <laughs> the real swords. And they start training them. And uh, and I, oh I scheduled the production to push all the action scenes, fighting scenes, till the end. 
and, and get to give them time to rehearse and to train. Mm. And they spent time. And then at the end of the, their journey, they were very tough, uh, edgy, mosquito, mosquito beaten girls in the middle <laughs> of the woods and fighting. Nice. Uh, so it worked tough. out. It, it's, it's funny movie. It's a Roger Corman movie. It's exploitation. Yeah. And kind of, it sets up the taste for me because before that I was very arty, you know, mm. I was, yeah. I grew up watching Fellini and, and, and Polanski, Visconti, whatever, mm. like a French, Italian, American art movies. And then, uh, but the combination Corman, of commercial directing and then this, the Corman experience sort of formed you. In a, yes, in a new I way. I think so. With the, with, the, with the background, with the basement. Uh, yeah. From, uh, from earlier, uh, my early experiences, like uh, art movies, because I, I remember all this French, Italian, British uh, uh, filmmakers from 80s, 70s. And, then, and that's why, so pretty quickly after that, really Nightwatch, which was what launched you, on an inter more international scale, like the success of Nightwatch, right? And that, yeah. so did Nightwatch really come from the stew, you would say, of having done the Corman movie, the commercials, but also having, like you said, the foundation? I, 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 I think, I think it is. I think it's a exactly mix of Roger Corman and, <laughs> and Fellini, which is not <laughs> crazy, which is not irrational because uh, Roger Corman was the, distributor of Fellini movies in the United States, as you remember. Right. He yeah. he was a, he brought all the art house movies in the United States in 70s and 80s. And uh and for me it was quite interesting mix between uh very arty ideas and very very straightforward vampire genre rules. And that sort of like kept you know, then you did Daywatch, you did a number of different films after that, Irony of Fate. What sort of became your, your as a filmmaker, what we, once you kind of launch onto that stage, it changes things, right? Yeah, I, I think, I think, uh, I think Wanted was a kind of the end of the, like the peak because I, uh, it, it, Wanted is a Nightwatch and Daywatch with a, with a great cast. With a big, mm -hmm. great American cast, and with a lot of yeah, money. it was an all star cast, a massive budget, a you know big release. Yeah, yeah. and and it's a uh, because but it but it's it's kind of Nightwatch. I mean the the same tone because it's uh, it's a genre movie, it's a superhero movie with a, an R rated with a edgy. It, it, it maybe it was one of the first edgy superhero movies in the United States, and uh, before because before it was a kids movie, yeah. I, yeah, I feel like it was a little before its time almost because a lot of things like that are more of that genre sort of happens now, sort of. Yes. But I think in like 2008, it was kind of a little bit ahead of it. It was like it didn't fit in the box yet. Yeah, I think there was only a few, like a 300 was another one. Uh, mm, right, yeah. It, it's just only a few. And the Batman happened after that. Batman, Batman uh, I mean, this, the Dark Knight. Yes, and it's it it was right. It was a moment when the audience uh, got older, you know, the, right. the, the, and uh, and they need something edgy, something spicy, and then uh, and then I was trying to use 
the same thing a few times and on, uh, honestly looking for for a new new way. And yeah. uh, because I made a Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, then I yeah. we, we had a very difficult journey with uh, with the Ben Hur, and then during that period, I was all looking for something new, and this new became a it became a screen life. It became unfriended, yeah. unfriended. Yes. The, the first movie we made in 2013, 14, right at that time. Right, you were exploring a new format is basically what you're saying. Because it seems like you'd worked in the traditional, like Ben-Hur. I mean, it's Ben-Hur. It's like one of the classic models of the big screen, you yeah, know, because action, we, adventure, we, yeah. everything. Scale, yeah, we, all of that. Yeah, there was nothing to add. It was what I learned. Yeah. There is nothing <laughs> right. to add. And uh, it was big production and was a very, a lot of people around. It was very stress, stressful. And I, at the same time, I was think I was looking for new language, for new form, new type of cinema, the cinema of the 21st century. Then I understood that uh, that the I live in digital space. Uh, my yeah. my all my friends there, <laughs> because they're all around the world, and I probably uh, I the last time I was I was in Los Angeles, maybe it's like almost two years ago, but I don't feel. Yeah. It. I don't feel it. I feel yeah. that I'm there. I feel I know what's happening in the in 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 on my street and with my friends, right. because we, because we live in the same space in the same universe. It's a screen life, and right. um, and I decide and I understood and I suddenly understood that the only way to tell story about my life and about our life is to tell the story about our screens, how we yeah. how we behave on screens. How we, how we, what kind of fears we have, what kind of dreams, uh, what kind of characters around us. Ready for a spring break to remember? Amtrak's got just a ticket for you and your crew. With share fares, you and your friends can save up to 60%. The more who travel, the more you save. Skip the hassle of driving through the Northeast while exploring D.C., Philly, New York, and Boston. No middle seats and plenty of legroom are just an Amtrak away. And with stops right in the heart of your favorite cities, you'll arrive downtown, not out of town. Savings start with three travelers. Eight travelers required for 60% discount. Visit Amtrak.com slash sharefares to book. Restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. It sounds like there was a moment, and I, you know, I want to talk about more about profile and screen life and the way it affects the, the viewer as well, but... What was it sounds like there was a moment of discovery for you where you realized that the screen life format was where you were gonna be telling stories. Was uh, there a specific event? Or was it just like you you're saying, like, I spend so much time there that it occurred to me that that's how I want to tell my story. No, the, the screen life legend exists. <laughs> the, the the urban legend of screen life. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm asking. Is there is there the legend? Yeah. Yes, there is. I was uh, the my co-producer on on profile Olga Harina and co-writer. We were on Skype with her. It was like almost like nine years ago. And at that time, 
Skype just released the function share screen. And she did share screen with me to show me some pictures. Like was it off for a film you were doing, like pre- yes. pre-production on something? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Marketing. Then uh, when we when we finished, she forgot to unshare. When we changed the subject, she forgot to unshare. <laughs> yeah, which happens all the time nowadays. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I, I was just shocked. <laughs> watching, watching what she, what does she do? What she's doing during the business conversation? Like uh, uh, she's like sending messages to her friends. Oh wow! And, yeah. uh, uh, buying some intimate stuff, and I, I, <laughs> and I said to her, Olga, sorry, I see, I see your screen. <laughs> you forgot to unshare. And he said, Oh, well, sorry, sorry. And at that moment, I understood that I was inside her. I, yeah. I, I was so deep into the, like into, into her mind. Yeah. Because, because I, she, I saw how she's Googled, what she's Googling. I saw yeah. what she's, uh, what she's, what she's. You see what she me. sees. It's yeah. her POV. It's her. Yes. And it's also tells you everything about the person. It's, and, I mean, and, watching profile is, is, is like, or any of these movies, it's unnerving. Because afterwards you get into your back into your screens and you're like, oh wow, am I being watched? Like it's I, I don't know how to explain it, but it's it's very it takes voyeurism, the voyeuristic aspect of cinema. I, I kept thinking about Hitchcock and Rear Window. Yes. Like it's the it's the modern version. It's amazing. Yes. yes, and and we and we just the beginning is just beginning of this process, exploring this world. And we yeah. don't have a rules yet. We don't have an ethic. Ethical rules. We don't have a yeah, we, right. We, and oh, and people, we all really need to understand who we are in this world because it's very different universe. And I think screen life movies is the only way today to understand where we go, what what's ahead of us. I yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, watching it, I was kind of thinking too. Like, I think you made a thriller, um, and it has political aspects it has like you know there's a terrorist cell involved like that and that is really a good use of the format because of the voyeurism the creepiness you know but there's so much you could do right like i mean tell me what are the other like how many genres fit into screen life do they uh, all fit in can you do like like yes, yes what is your every, what's your plan for the format <laughs> every every genre we try we're trying we have a romeo and juliet we shot romeo and juliet and re- premiered at sundance uh, it's Romeo and Juliet, where the story takes place on the screens of teenagers today, and right. uh, and uh, we we're producing sci-fi movie with is this our hashtag J? Yeah, I assume. Yes. Yeah, yeah, with Ice Cube and uh, and Evil Angoria. we uh, we we shot a comedy called Liked. It's a Cyrano de Bergerac story. Yeah, in a screen life. Uh, we also produced, perfect for that, right? Yeah, yeah because <laughs> because you can see the advice coming in, yes. and then the behavior. Like, I mean, you just it, it unfolds in your mind. Yes, exactly. And and I planning to to make movie like kind of like Memento in screen life. Interesting, like beautiful mind Memento, just about mind tricks. Yeah, and I really looking for screen life version of fantasy movie. Like uh, superhero right. movies and fantasy movies, because and even musical can be done very, very, very uh, organic. Because we we know that people 
singing in, in, in oh yeah tiktok all these all these crazes where people start layering yeah. their takes of things on top yes. of stuff it's a, it's absolutely yes. yeah it's all yes. it's all happening yes. on earth like there's no nothing you're right it seems like there's nothing you can't do tell me about it from a production standpoint this was this really shot in nine days that's what i read yes it was it was it was nine days first and then it was like a few days additional photography and it's usually Usually, screen live production takes no more than two weeks, uh, and it will help us to uh, to 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 work with the good actors because they don't need to spend three months to make a movie. They can spend only three weeks. Also, production is slight quite different because the the huge part of the process is a post production. Uh, because we you you have a chance to change the story to fix the story in post production because uh, the talking is screen life it's not about talking heads because right first that's the mistake, tricky part right because because people could think that it is yeah first mistake we made we were thinking like okay this is about just web camera but uh, in reality the web camera it's a it's 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 not the most effective way to tell the story because. The move of your mouse and the way how you click and the way how you type and retype and, and delete and type again, it tells much more about what mm-hmm. you feel and what you mm-hmm. want. In this case, we post-production is a quite uh, important part. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So tell me about the post production. Like, so I guess. So what do you shoot it on? What is the format? Like, what cameras do you use? When we you're not use, We are not using. Sometimes we're not even using cameras. We're using web cameras, because the quality okay. of web camera is two K today. You know, right? Yeah. But we're using uh, Blackmagic GoPros, all the small cameras you can attach yeah. to the computer or to the uh, mobile phone. Got it. And then when you're creating all the stuff that would happen, say, on a screen, whether it's typing, texting, clicking, is that something that's created in a post, post yes. software? Yes, yeah. yes. yes. Uh, uh, the early, early days of screen life, we used, we just recorded the screen, we just recorded the, uh, the, the, the sure. actors, and then the rest was kind of like an animated movie. You know, it was motion designers, who they were producing all this interaction with the screen. Then I understood that it's not the right way to go because we are missing real reactions. Like, like actors, they don't react. They don't really interact with the screen, which is not good. Uh, and we created our own tools, recorders, to record the screen and, and actors at the same time. And to be in, to record it, so uh, to record not the pixels on the screen, because if you will record the screen, then you cannot change. You cannot cut things because it'll be all baked in. And we right. developed and we patented different recorders according the code uh, generating pixels. 
In this mm. case, we can post production. We can change things, move move elements, compose the screen as we like, and and edit. I'm sorry, it's difficult to explain. It's easy. To no, show. yeah, no, I understand. I think it's like the the thing, the scale of what you're doing. So much of it is happening in how you're handling that side of it, right, on a screen life project. So it's yes, yes. It would be harder for somebody to replicate that. Like it looks like. I think the point is, it looks like something you could do like on your screen, like like you said, the way you first did them, but it's better to do it where you're controlling every aspect, right? Yes, and when you allow actor to do it, because it's a part of the acting, you know, the acting is not what's on your face. The acting is how you move your mouse, how you, how you type, how you react on the uh, events on the screen, like somebody's calling you and your mouse is mm. shaky, shaky, uh, yeah. freezes right front of the button answer the call and uh, and you don't know what to do and this is a part yeah. of the acting it really seems in profile for example that everybody was sort of leaning into part of the performance was happening and how they were using the tools yeah you know, and it's not responding to yeah. the call coming in and stuff like that yeah and it's it's what's important that the actors actors gave us this performance not animators it comes out better that way is what you're saying than yeah. if you had it if you tried to match by by creating the animated movie based on what they did yeah yeah it's, it's different it's, it's different it's not better maybe but it's uh, uh for me for my taste it's it gives you uh it's more collaborative it's more like a similar with the traditional filmmaking when the actors uh, uh, part of the creative team. And do you have to, you know, tweak it as part of the post, like sort of, you have control over it a little bit, I assume, but you still end up doing a good deal of tweaking of that's what's happening on the screens yes. in the edit. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. When you finish these and, and you see them, when you see these movies, do they work? Do you feel, you know, you said 2K, but th they are... In this era, you know, so many movies are experienced streaming at home on a smaller screen or on a TV, yes. big screen TV or something. But how do these movies feel in the theater, like in, in a theatrical experience? It's spectacular, spectacular, because it's a, it's a, it's a statement. It's a statement that the screen is very, very important uh, part of our life. It's a entertaining because a screen has its own aesthetics, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, it has its own beauty, and uh, and I don't know if twenty years ago, thirty years ago, we were enjoying the sunsets and uh, and beautiful old streets of Paris, whatever. <laughs> and it was it was a, or like a Death Valley or whatever. It was it was kind of science, like what was about the whole filmmaking. But in today's right. world, for today's audience, the, the pixels and the folders and the websites and and how they how they placed, you know, how they composed on the screen. This is a this is a today's understanding of beauty for me. Right. And this and, is the landscape. And, yeah. Yes, it's our landscape, and 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 it's not unexpected because fifty years ago. 70 years ago, Mondrian or Lisitsky or 
I don't know, Malevich or Picasso, <laughs> they, they started this process. They began to, to create the, the, the more, uh, with abstract yeah, yeah. art, they started this process. Uh, Using they, the medium more yeah. to be part of the story. Yeah. Yeah. It's modernist. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yes. And it's why I, it's why I'm enjoying uh, how surprisingly beautiful and shiny, whatever. Yeah. The windows and uh, pixels and. and uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's amazing. It is the landscape we experience. It is what our eyes see most of the day, whether we like it or not. It's where we exist. <laughs> so it's yeah. it's the it's the it's the world as we experience it. We have to wrap up um, pretty soon, but this has been great. I think, like, I just want to, you know, obviously the timing of all of this, like, you've been working on this for a while, but we've been more in our screens in the last year than we ever were, yes. um, and it's not going to slow down. And uh, I, I am curious because you know I like to end on this, especially with a filmmaker of your with your kind of career. If you were advising a young filmmaker to, right now, someone who is interested in the medium or in storytelling, where would you suggest they start, or how would you suggest they get involved in the in the industry? We have a we we have a few very interesting labs uh, in different countries. in In Liverpool, for example, in in England, we have a great team teaching people and uh, helping them to to understand the screen life language. We have the same team in Los Angeles, uh, where the office is uh, in Moscow, and uh, now is in South Korea. And and I'm we because it's all online; it does not matter. I believe that the young filmmakers will try to to express themselves by using screen life language because it's how they live. It's how they saying "I love you." How they yeah. yes. how they I don't know make money or. Even yeah. the robbing bank, in it's very <laughs> funny. It's it's very funny that uh, in in the in theater you see the traditional, very good, very well made uh, scenes when the people, the guys with the in the masks with the shotguns, like breaking the door in the bank, the office, and just saying, "Hey, give me money." But right, it's 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 a it's a retro because there is no more money. Right, in it's that. not. It's not how it's done. <laughs> yeah, it's done on screens. It's, That's such a good example. Well, we'll include, hopefully we'll include in our show notes information about uh, where people can learn to make movies this yes, way. Yes, please. Uh, we have cool. a website called screenlifer.com. Cool. And uh, then you can find information you need and read everything about screen life because we're trying to co collect this, uh, uh, this facts and the connections and please excellent well thank you again so much for doing this it's been really fun thanks so much for listening thanks to timor for coming on you can see profile in theaters it is definitely unique and you should check it out be sure to check out our gear guides Go to nofilmschool.com. We have gear guides listed on the page as well as in the footer. You can buy and research all kinds of tech and gear that you are interested in. We have done the research, so all you have to do is figure out what you need to buy. Thanks so much for listening. Mm -hmm.